every time we select a passage from John 14 or John 15, every time we even preach a little bit out of those chapters, we like to bring up that John 14 and 15 is known in theology as the farewell discourse. Basically meaning that this is the last time Jesus gives his disciples an in-depth lesson before he dies. Um, Jesus will interact with them some more after this. He'll interact with them after the resurrection. But this is the last real like teaching seminar Jesus gives. It's his last in-depth sermon uh, before he goes to the cross. And in John 14, he tells them where he's going. He says, I, I'm going to leave. And where I'm going is I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then in John 15, he tells the disciples where they are going. He says, you're going to go from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And in the text, Jesus, it's like as he's saying goodbye, you know, farewell, he reminds them, be fruitful. It's amazing that he's saying that as he's saying goodbye, because in Genesis uh, chapter one, uh, when God was saying hello to the human race, first thing he said to him, be fruitful. Letting us know that God cares about our productivity. That God cares about the fruitfulness in our life. Now, throughout the chapter of John 15, Jesus releases. He's just dropping bombs. He releases gateway principles. Everybody say gateway principles. Now, forgive me. The title of the message probably came from the fact that I have a first grader. Uh, who is right now learning gateway principles. Gateway principles are core principles that you have to understand first before you can move on in any subject. You know, so like when you started studying math, you didn't start with algebra and trigonometry. Uh, they got to get you the gateway principles of addition and subtraction in order to move you on to multiplication and division. And then you, you continue to grow out from that. But it all started through the gateway principle. And Jesus, I remind you, he's not just savior, redeemer, miracle worker. He's also rabbi, consummate teacher. And the principles that he's going to drop in John 15 are prerequisites for the blessing of God to continue to flow in the lives of the disciples and us consequently. And so many people void the blessings of God in their lives because they do not observe basic gateway principles. There are people that have been in church 30 years. And they know more about church than they do about following the basic principles of Jesus teaching. And they shout over principles that they never apply in their lives. They will clap their hands, say good word, preach preacher, nod their head over principles. They have no intention of actively living and walking out in their lives. And then have the nerve to shake their fist at heaven when the blessing of God's not reigning in their life. The blessing of God will never override your ignorance of a principle. I know we're just starting out, but that was a heavy one. You know, you got to have principles. So in our text, Jesus is going to deliver these principles. And when you're going to deliver anything, you need a delivery method. So he's going to use the delivery method of an agricultural analogy to drop these principles on them. In verse one, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So in the metaphor, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches and God, the father is the vine dresser. 
It's interesting that he would use agriculture as the delivery method for his truth because agriculture, it's a Latin word where we get our word cultivate. To cultivate is to make something grow on purpose regardless of its natural environment. Uh, Agriculture and cultivation is the willful, willful growth. It's the science of the willful growth of the gardener. Uh, Tomatoes, squash, onions, and jalapenos are not native to the soil in my backyard, but my wife planted a garden. And she made them grow, even though the natural environment was not conducive for their growth. And that's what God does. He makes things grow on purpose, regardless of the environment they find themselves in. When you are connected to God, God will make you grow. And before you shout over that, sometimes he'll drag you kicking and screaming into growth. He won't let you digress. He won't let you fall off. He'll, David said he leads me in the paths of righteousness. And sometimes he leads me gentle and sometimes he's jerking me by the neck. God will make you grow when you are connected to him and you belong to him. And the first point Jesus is dropping, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and God the Father, he's he's the gardener, or he's the vine dresser. First point Jesus is dropping is relationship. Number one, relationship. Jesus is revealing through verse one that God the Father is actively relational with both Jesus and and us. Like a vine dresser relates to his vine and his branches, so does God relate to us. It's important to Jesus that the disciples know we have an active and engaged Father. And furthermore, we belong to him. If you know anything about vineyards, vineyards don't grow wild, you know. Vineyards are the result of a gardener's planning and preparation. And so are our lives. We are not by accident. We are not just wild, chaotic accidents. If you are here, you are here by the willful intended plan and purpose of God the Father. If you survived 2020, you survived it by the willful and purposeful planning of God the Father. If by grace you're still breathing this morning, you're breathing by the intentional planning of God the Father. Jesus wants us to know God is relational with us. And and then he magnifies the point and the importance of relationships by using the analogy to let them know how they are fed, how they are blessed, how they are nourished. They are fed, nourished, and blessed by what they're connected to. And so obviously, let me get the obvious out of the way. Obviously, he's talking about making sure you stay strong and making sure you stay deeply connected in your relationship with God. That's obvious, you know. You want a strong relationship with God. And because of the importance that God has placed on his church, you want a strong relationship with the church of Jesus Christ in the earth. Those things are obvious. But Jesus is also teaching relational connectivity, not only from a vertical perspective, but from a horizontal perspective. Our relationship with God is the most important, but also our relationships with people are very important because many times God will bless you through the relationships you have with other people. 
And I have an instruction for you. I believe it to be prophetic. I'm not spitting and screaming and dancing and running all over the platform, but I believe I have a strong prophetic anointing to give you this instruction. Now, I'm not going to be telling you your name and your address and what's going to happen in the next three days. But I do believe God sent me here to give you this instruction. It's so important over the next three years that you take your relationships more seriously. That you invest into them, that you maintenance them, that you steward them properly in the next over the next three years, relationships are going to be the currency that flows, that allows you to operate in excellence, regardless of what's going on in the environment around you. So for all of you in a marriage, take that relationship more seriously, whatever that looks like, take it more seriously. For all of you who have business relationships, Take those things more seriously. If you're in a business relationship, go the extra mile. Do something to make yourself stand out. If you have clients, send them something. Let, let them know you appreciate their business. Do something extra. Do something other people are not doing. Take your relationships more seriously. Even social relationships. It's going to be good to have a lot of good friends over the next three years. Some things are happening in our earth. Some things are happening in our world. And yes, God is for you. But Luke 638 says, God said, if you give to me, it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I will cause people. I will cause men to give in to you. And so the more strong relationships you have built with people, uh, the more opportunities you have to be blessed. Here's the next part of the word. You have maxed out. You have gone as far as you are going to go by yourself. I almost say that again. You're maxed out. You have gone as high as you're going to go, as far as you are going to go by yourself. Your life needs the maintenance and the development of high quality relationships. Now, I know that some of you have isolated yourself and refused to be relational because you have been hurt in the past by people. I know that some of you are at a point where you don't even like people. You're a person who doesn't like people because in your life, in your circle, in your experience, you've run into a lot of shady people, you know. And so your mentality towards connecting with people, especially new people, is just you don't even want to bother with it. You have an idea that they are all the same. Everybody's out to cheat on me. Everybody's out to lie to me. Everybody's out to steal from me. Everybody's out to hurt me. First of all, you're not that important. Everybody doesn't even know who you are. And next, and next, get over it. How long are you going to hide in a hole because of what some idiot did? You know, if God can heal cancer, he can heal your emotional scars and help you get over some pain and trust issues from being hurt in the past from some bad people. Everybody say relationships. Say it healthy. Say it strong. Relationships. I want you to take them more seriously. That's a prophetic word. I want you to take them more seriously. Now, a lot of times in church, we tell you what to do and we don't tell you how to do it. So I have three sub points under this point relationship. I have three sub points. I want to just throw at you real quick. Point number one for enhancing relationships. Try again, again. All right. You're stuck, you know, you're stuck at this, this kind of rut, this kind of same problem in your marriage and you've just shelved it and y'all just avoid it and ignore it, you know, because it's not even worth trying. Try again, again, you know, try, try going out of town together. Last time we went out of town together, we fought the whole time. Try again, again, you know, 
If you're in a place where you need some counseling, get some counseling. Last time we went to counseling, it only made things. Try again. Again. Okay. Uh, uh, in, in family relationships, you know, there's still people in family relationships, like brothers and sisters, and close family relationships, you know, that are not talking to each other because of politics. You may be shaking your head, not believing me. I promise you it's the truth and it's in the church this morning. Hadn't talked to those family members because of who they voted for. You know, politics is the dumbest thing in the world to divide a family over. My sister's just so stuck. Try again. Again. Uh, with your children, try again. Again, you know, with your other relatives, you know, try again. Last Thanksgiving was so hard. Try again. Again. Point number two, enhancing relationships. Embrace reciprocity. Embrace reciprocity. Be reciprocal. Okay. Meaning when something comes in, make sure something goes back out. Okay. When something is received. Make sure something is given. Reciprocity is the sign that a relationship is qualified to move to the next level. If only one party in the relationship is giving, calling, texting, helping, listening, making compromises, serving, strengthening, then eventually the relationship sours because it becomes toxic. Because one part is flowing, but the other party, the other person in the relationship, they're, they're stagnant. They're a stagnant pool. They're taking in, but they're never giving anything out. Okay. And, and you can't allow that to be the case. Incidentally, this is not just true with people. It's true with God. Make sure your relationship with God is reciprocal. It is wrong for you to receive from God and not come and give him anything. It's wrong to wake up in the morning and soak up God's sunshine, breathe God's air, receive God's blessing, and never give him any praise, never give him any thanks, never give him any worship. It's wrong to receive financial blessing from God and never come come and return the tithe and give an offering and give a seed. It is wrong to only receive and never give. Make sure you adopt this as a philosophy. Reciprocity is a philosophy. It's a way you choose to live your life. When your spouse gives you something, give them something back. Don't be the taker spouse, you know, where you just take, 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 take. Make sure when you have received that you get your rear end up and you give something. And then finally, number three, I don't want to do this when y'all are going to get mad. Number three, I'll just get over it real quick, okay? We'll just breeze right by. Be willing to update your personality. and communication. Some of you don't have friends because your personality hadn't had an update since 1985. <laughs> and you've never updated your style of communication. So, so the type of people that, that you could even uh, fit with or be paired with, the type of environments that would accept you uh, you're limited because of personality and uh, your way of communication. Those things, you know, they're like cell phones. They have to be regularly updated because the world is moving so fast, you know. And um, if you never make the updates, you, 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 become, uh, you, you become antiquated. And uh, you, you, yeah, you get stuck. And... and and, and people don't like hanging out with parked cars. You know, if I'm going to go somewhere with somebody, I want everybody to be moving, you know, with me on the same speed. Uh, read something other than the Bible. You know, we want you to read the Bible, but read something else. You know, develop, de develop a mindset and develop uh, a stream of information coming into you that broadens you. 
You know, if, uh, if you're very strict in your political views from one perspective, try listening to the other side for a little bit. I mean, the first day you'll be pulling your hair out and screaming and throwing stuff. But, you know, the, the more you listen, you will at least begin to understand the other side's perspective. Why they think that way, you know, because there's some smart people that believe in a way that you disagree with. And if they're smart, you at least ought to understand why they think the way that they think. Broaden yourself. This will make you eligible to upgrade in the relationships you already have, which we need that. I want all of my relationships to upgrade. And then it will also make you eligible for some new relationships. That's going to be one of the, uh, when we talk about the blessing of God, a lot of us think about it in the form of finances or, um, you know, big things that we need, you know, that are, that are difficult to get at times, like vehicles, houses, you know, that kind of thing. We think of the blessing of God in, uh, along those lines. One of the major ways the blessing of God is going to manifest in your life over the next three years is through power partnerships, amazing connections to amazing people. The blessing of God is going to flow through the connections of relationships. But that means we have to mature past some old mindsets. You know, we have to mature past some blockages that have kept us so isolated, so defensive, so closed off, you know, so you know, stiff armed in, in our attitude. You know, I'm, I'm working. I'm working on my attitude. My wife has let me know in such a loving way that uh, I don't come off the friendliest in social environments, you know. She said, you know, there's something about you that just repels people, you know, in social environments. And uh, it, it's, uh, well, she didn't say that. She said something else, but I cleaned up what she said. So let's, let's say it like that. Um, it, it's, but it's true. You know, it is so amazing. I am more comfortable right now speaking to all of you. Than I, than I am in a one-on-one -on -one conversation speaking to someone that I don't know very well. It, it's great. And I, some of you, I've never seen you before. And I'm totally fine and comfortable speaking to you. But one-on-one, -on -one, there, there's something in me that needs an update. You know? And that's a good way of thinking about the blocks and the flaws in your personality. Stop with the lazy excuse of, that's just how I am. Oh, you don't know how good I'm preaching right now. You don't know how good this is. That's the way I am. That's the way I've always been. And if you're going to connect to me, you just got to deal with it. That will keep you stuck. That will keep you low. That'll keep your mind limited. That'll keep your opportunities limited. That will keep you in a small circle. And stop needing to be in circles where everybody claps for you. You need to be in circles that challenge you. You need to be in circles that disagree with you. You need to be in circles that have opposite opinions of you. You need to go read the book Team of Rivals and see how some of the most brilliant people in the world have excelled by bringing people to their leadership table that had an opposite view of them. Okay, so, so the, these things are to help you broaden your relationships because one of the ways God's going to bless you is through what you are connected to. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He knows the disciples will realize that the branches are not fed by the rain. I'm going to say that again. The branches are not fed by the seasons of rain. Okay. The roots are. The vine is. Not the branches. The branches are fed by the vine. The vine soaks up the water into its trunk from the roots. The vine soaks up the moisture from the ground. The vine soaks up the dew, but then it stores it so that in good times when it's raining and in bad times when it's dry, 
the vine can always feed and give nutrients to the branches. God said, I will feed you in season and out of season. I'll feed you in good economic times and bad economic times. I'll make you prosper during a pandemic, wave one, two, three, four, five, or 56, because you are connected to the vine. Your nutrients, watch, your nutrients is going to flow through what you're connected to. No connection, no nutrients. Now, obviously, first he's talking about our connection to Jesus, but also your connection to others. They are pathways. They are vehicles. They are conduits. For God's blessing to reach you where you are. Now, to those of you who refuse to work on your relationships, Jesus has a warning in verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay, he, he takes away. People who refuse to develop relationships, people who refuse to develop and grow as a result of their connectivity, they eventually get cut off because it is impossible to be fruitful by yourself. All you lone wolves, listen to me. All you, I can do it all by myself, people. Listen to me. It's impossible to be fruitful by yourself. And the first thing God said in Genesis and the last thing Jesus said at length before he went to the cross is the same thing. Be fruitful. And without relationships, you cannot be fruitful. Point number two from John 15. I'm out of my subpoints now. Point number two, reproduction. God is so serious about you being fruitful and productive that he cut off everything in the vine that wasn't producing fruit. Maybe you should too. Maybe you should go through your life with a pair of pruning shears and find every branch in you that's not producing anything and cut that thing off. God said, I want fruit. Well, you ought to have that attitude as well in your life. I want fruit. If this investment's not producing, cut it off. If this friendship's not producing, cut it off. If this thing I'm connected to is not producing anything, cut it off off. You're getting ready to come into a season of increase. You're getting ready to come into a season of more. But some of you are not going to have the room to receive what God wants to give you because your life is all cluttered up with so many dead, non-productive connections. You don't have room for any more people. You're connected to too many dead, non-producing people right now. You don't have any time to go and, and be uh, developing new friendships and new connections because the connections you have now are draining the life out of you and yet they are not producing anything. He said, I'm going to cut off everything in me that is not productive. Maybe you should too. God, I want to I drive this home, but I don't want to be mean and I don't want to scream because my voice is weird today. Uh, God intends. And it's like, uh, I see so many of our friends um, on YouTube just railing against preachers who talk about prosperity. And I just, it's, it's so simple. If you, read, if you read the Bible, read the Bible before you make a YouTube video, please. Just read, read the Bible. Your ignorance is like staggering. Um, God intends for you to be fruitful and productive. He created you to be. He wants you to be. He expects you to be. And he will help you to be. 
Stop all this foolishness and stop sending me prayer requests. Lord, if it's your will to bless me, stop it. Put Psalm, let's settle it. Put Psalm 35, 27. For the ignorant of this promise. I'm not saying you're dumb all over. I'm saying maybe you didn't know the scripture was in the Bible. The Bible says, let them shout for joy, be glad, who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, next, who has pleasure. Help your neighbor understand what pleasure means. Well, never mind. Don't, don't, don't. He takes pleasure in. He gets something out of the prosperity of his servant, of his people, of you, of me. God wants you to be blessed. It, it pleases God that you are blessed. In John 15, 8, Jesus said, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Pastor, he's just talking about the spiritual fruits of righteousness and joy and peace and love in the Holy Ghost. No, idiot. Look at Abraham's life. Bible said he was very rich in he was very rich in wisdom. He was very rich in faith. He was very rich in knowledge. He was very rich, you know, in, in spiritual things. But it also says he was very rich in cattle, you know, stocks and bonds, silver and in gold. How did he get that rich? God made him rich because God wanted him to prosper. If God wanted Abraham to prosper, he wants you to prosper. If God wanted Abraham to be productive and fruitful, he wants you to be productive and fruitful. God was so serious about fruitfulness that when Abraham's son Isaac encountered a time where his nation was going through a drought and a famine, God led Isaac to one field. God told Isaac, do not evacuate, do not leave. You stand here in this dry, barren desert ground. And God told Isaac to start planting seed in a desert ground. And the Bible said in the same year that he planted in a drought, God gave him 100 times more than he sowed. Why? Because God wanted him to be fruitful. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to be productive. God wants your bills to be paid. God wants you to have a good credit score. God wants lenders to see you with confidence. God wants you to be fruitful. But connections that don't produce anything they're unlawful because they can never be fruitful. It's wrong to, for a branch to suck up nutrients from the vine and then not give the vine dresser any fruit. It's wrong to come to church Sunday after Sunday and, and receive something from God and never give anything back. It's wrong to get so many blessings from God and then stifle your praise and not give him the fruit of your lips. God is saying, where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? And so he says, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting off the unfruitful. But then verse 2 continues to tell us that not only does God cut off the fruitless, he also cuts on the fruitful. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear. Every branch that's doing pretty good, God cuts it to take it from good to great. The only way to go from fruit to more fruit is to go through a cut. If the gardener doesn't cut the branch while it's fruitful, it will settle for less than its potential and less than what it's been destined to produce. And because of our instinct for self-preservation, we will never cut ourselves, which is why the vine dresser at times in our lives has the ministry of the blade. 
to the people who have suffered losses. Just because you get cut on does not mean you've been cut off. But oh, it can feel like that sometimes. You go through a season where you got some good fruit, you know, you got some good stuff hanging there and God comes and cuts, you know. Why, why would you cut me there now? You know, it, it, it feels like, you know, what God knows will eventually bring more productivity. It, it feels like that God is sending you back down five or ten levels. You know, it, your faith takes a big hit. Your confidence in God's faithfulness takes a big hit when you get cut, you know. Lord, I've been, I've been faithful to you. I've been in your presence. I've been faithful in my tithing. I've served you. I've prayed. I've worshiped you. I asked you to do this thing for me. And instead of giving me what I asked for, now I'm bleeding from a cut. Have you ever been cut? There's nothing quite like it. Praying and standing in faith for something. And instead of getting what you wanted, you got cut. A simple no would have sufficed. You know. But God knows. Sometimes we must be forced into growth. I told you that's what agriculture was. It's the gardener forcing something to grow that wouldn't have grown naturally. And because God loves you and because God is invested in you, and you may not like this terminology, but it's true. Because God owns you, you are his. He will force what is his to grow even if it costs you the bleeding of a cut. Yeah. Nobody in this room would have survived if the doctor didn't cut the umbilical cord when you were born. I mean, the thing that was feeding you, the thing that was keeping you alive in one season would end up being a curse to you and cause sickness in you in another season. If somebody didn't stand over you and make a cut. But the cuts never feel like they're for our good when they're happening. We're so emotional sometimes, we can't differentiate between being stabbed and being cut. A thief will stab you to harm you, a doctor will cut you to heal you. But oftentimes, to the untrained mind, they feel like the same thing. So because Jesus knows our human nature and how we respond when we get cut, he brings up gateway principle number three. Remain. He says the word seven times in the chapter. He says, verse four, abide. That's just another way of saying remain. Abide in me and I in you. He talks about it again in verse five, again in verse six. Verse seven, he's still talking about it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. He's telling them that that are going through a cut. And he's telling those of you that are going through a cut. He's telling you, if you will remain connected to me in your relationship, if you will remain, you will live in me to the point that you see why I had to do what I did. 
you will live to the point that you produce more than you thought was ever possible to come out of you. And you'll understand that you wouldn't have been able to grow so much without being cut back and hurt so bad. And you'll get to see it. You'll get to realize it. You'll get to partake of it if you remain. You know, my wife, a couple years ago, she, told, she came home and told me, for those of you that don't know, my wife uh, has been in the hair industry for a long time. And um, so she knows a lot about it. Let's just say that. And uh, she told me a couple years ago, she says, baby, I'm going to grow my hair out. And I said, great, you know, hallelujah. And, um, and she said, uh, I need you to watch the boys. I've got a, I got a, a hair appointment. I got to go get my hair cut. Sweetheart, you just said you're growing your hair out. But now you told me you're going to get your hair cut. And she explained to me that if you really want to get your hair to grow at a great speed, you got to cut the dead ends off. That the hair will go grow quicker and healthier if you cut the dead ends off while you're in the process of growing it out. Because, because after every season, after every season of any growth, along with growth, a byproduct of growth are some dead ends. You just live long enough, you're going to accumulate some, some dead ends. And the vine dresser in his faithfulness is willing to do something that in the moment makes you challenge his love for you. But he loves you enough to do it anyway to make sure that you are always in a position for optimal growth. Now, Jesus wouldn't have said remain seven times in the text if he didn't know that even his disciples who had had a front row seat to his miracles were going to go through some things and experience some cuts that made them question the validity of staying. Any relationship that you're really deeply committed to, that relation, whether it's a marriage, whether it's in business, whatever it is, that relationship will go through periods where the staying power is put up under test. Nobody said amen on that, and that's all right. I felt, I felt the amen, but... There's... There's times where we all take a glance at the door, you know, even on God, you know, there's times where you go through a, you go through a season of offense, you know, where, where, where you get mad at God over something or mad at someone in the church over something. And that's always been strange to me how you would walk out on God because you were mad at somebody at the church. It's just weird, but, but it happens, you know? But Jesus charged to them, you got to remember, you know, these are, these are closing words. This is his last big lesson. It's, remain. Remain. Trust me through this cut. I know it hurts, but remain. Because if you remain, you will get to experience and live out the why behind it. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning. If you've been cut recently, hurt recently, as hard as it is to say it to you, it's most likely that the pruning shears were not in the hands of the devil. We give the devil way too much credit. It's very possible that the pruning shears were in the hands 
of God. The God who knows your frame, who knows how much you can bear. The God who knows your purpose, your destiny, and your future, and how it's all going to work out. And to those of you with mind-boggling questions, why? The Lord sent me with a word to answer your why. And the word is remain. Remain. I know tears may be streaming down your face, but God said remain. I know you hadn't seen things turn out the way you hoped that they would, but God said remain. I know that you thought you'd be so much further by now. But God said to say this to you. He said, remain. And to those who remain, he said, you're going to go from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. Your much fruit season is coming. Oh, I feel the anointing now. Your much fruit season is coming. I feel the glory of the Lord coming down. Your much fruit season is coming. The enemy wouldn't be resisting you and battling you the way he has been. The enemy wouldn't have been trying to twist the word and manipulate you and keep you away from God. He wouldn't try to keep trying to, to get you to be at odds with God. He wouldn't try to keep throwing questions in your mind about God. If he didn't know that your much fruit season is coming, it's time for you to trust God with the hurts of the past that have kept you from being a more relational person. It is time for you to trust God with your productivity and say, God, I know you intend for me to be blessed. And I'm going to go to every principle in your word that talks about how to be blessed. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to follow it. And I'm going to receive the blessing of the Lord because this is my time to produce. I want to be productive. I want 2022 to be double as productive as 2021 was. I want 2023 to be true as productive as 2021 was. I, I, I want to increase. Is there anybody that's got the instinct on the inside that it's time to increase now? It's time to look for opportunities now. It's time to invest. It's time to step out. It's time to take something. You know, it's going to come, come in a few ways, but one of the main ways it's going to come is through relationships. I speak the favor of God over you. The kind of favor that made a pagan Pharaoh make Joseph his right hand man. I speak the favor of the Lord over you. The kind of favor that made a crooked Laban bless Jacob with all of his own goods. That, that made Laban empty out his own family's wealth all over Jacob. I pray the favor and the increase of God over your relationships and your connections. I speak to every marriage relationship in this room right now. I give you the word of the Lord. Try again, again. Oh, I feel it in my spirit. Try again, again. I speak to the connections that relate to your productivity, your business life, and your financial life. I command you to be fruitful. I command you to multiply. In fact, get your wallet in your hand or your purse in your hand or just, just get, or get your phone in your hand if you do business on your phone and just say, I command you to be fruitful. I command you. I command you to line up with the instruction that the Lord said in the book of Genesis. Be fruitful and multiply. Bank account, be fruitful and multiply. 
credit score, be fruitful and multiply. Savings account, be fruitful and multiply. Investment account, be fruitful and multiply. Business opportunities, be fruitful now in the name of Jesus and multiply. We seek, Lord, from heaven right now in this moment, a magnetic draw on the lives of these people. Let increase, money, favor, and inheritance, unexpected wealth be drawn to them in the name of Jesus Christ. If the kingdom of God is going to increase, then the people that are in the kingdom of God have to increase. I speak increase over you. I speak increase over your thoughts life. I speak increase over what you read and what you pour into your mind. I speak increase over your circle, that the circle of people you find yourself in will be having higher levels of conversation. I speak increase and fruitfulness over your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. 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 Jesus, be Lord of all that was spoken. Let the main truth of all of the truths that we shared today be the awareness that our only, our only escape from the fire is in our connection and relationship firstly with you. And Lord Jesus, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. We ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess with our mouth that we believe in our heart in the name of the Son of God, the name of Jesus Christ. We believe he died on the cross for us and was raised on the third day by the power of the Father. And we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we confess with our mouth because we are connected to Jesus. We are meant to be fruitful. Everyone say, I will be fruitful. I will multiply. I will be fruitful in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a great hand. Praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord your God bless you. May the Lord your God keep you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. May he go before you and make every crooked place straight. May he bind up the brokenhearted. May he, may he nurse the wounds of your cuts with the balm of Gilead. May the vine dresser patch you together and, and support you and lift you up in the areas where you need it. We pray these things over your life in Jesus' name. God bless you. If you have something you'd like to sow into the word, if you have something you'd like to return to the Lord, if you want to be reciprocal with God, if you receive something specific today, this is a time you can do that. If you're watching online, you can give on the link in the comments. The Lord bless you. Thank you for the time you spent with us today. We love you so very much, and we'll see you Wednesday night. We've got a special treat for you. Make sure you don't miss Wednesday. We're going to have communion, and we got something real special for you. Don't miss Wednesday night. Love you, Christian world. You're dismissed.